You're listening to a podcast from Services Australia. Hello, my name's Hank Jongen, General Manager with Services Australia. This podcast is one of a series that looks at some of the different impacts the coronavirus pandemic has had on many of the payments and services that you can get from Services Australia. Today, we are going to focus on two of the government's responses to COVID-19, namely JobSeeker payment and JobKeeper payment. Let's start with a quick rundown. JobKeeper payment is actually a subsidy paid to employers to reimburse them for wages they've already paid to their employees. It's a flat rate of $1,500 per fortnight paid to businesses who've had a fall in turnover for full-time, part-time and casual employees who've worked for more than 12 months. Job seeker payment replaced new start allowance. The government added an additional $550 per fortnight to the payment through the coronavirus supplement. The assets test was removed and the partner income test was made much more generous, meaning your partner could earn significantly more before you lose eligibility for the payment. Both job seeker and job keeper payments were initially set to end at the end of September. On the 21st of July, the government announced that both payments would be extended, but they were going to change. I've asked Justin Bott, an expert from the Financial Information Service, to go through these changes with us and help us understand what we may have to do. Hi, Justin. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Hank. Thanks for having me. As I've said, there were a few changes people should be aware of. Can we start with JobKeeper? Oh, for sure. And what you said was absolutely right. It was a payment that's made by the Australian Taxation Office to employers. So the employee themselves didn't actually get JobKeeper. They just got paid their wages and the employer was reimbursed by the ATO to that rate of $1,500 a fortnight. The employer or the business had to show that they'd have fallen turnover. Also, it was something that people who were self-employed and running their own business could access if they could show that they also had that reduction in business turnover. So they could get their $1,500 from the government as well. And I want to say right up front that that is staying. As it is presently, it's going to stay that way until the 28th of September. There'll be no change until the 28th of September. But what the government did do is actually extend that. So the JobKeeper is going to be extended until the 28th of March 2021. So it's going to the end of near the end of March next year. But what it will look like will be different. So from 28th September, businesses will have to show again that they have a reduction in income in business turnover, but will only be for the last quarter. So for the July to September quarter and the payment, the JobKeeper payment itself is going to go down. So the $1,500 a fortnight for everybody will become $1,200 a fortnight for employees who've been working 20 hours or more per week or $750 a fortnight for employees who've been working less than 20 hours a week. So it's two rates based on whether you've worked 20 hours or more or less than 20 hours a week. Okay, and then there are further changes on the 4th of January, is that right? 
That's right. So still keep that idea of the 20 hours more or less as the criteria uh, for which one you get. That stays the same. But if you're working 20 hours or more, it goes from $1,200 a fortnight down to $1,000 a fortnight. And if you're working less than 20 hours, it goes from $750 a fortnight to $650 a fortnight. Now, it's also important to say that this is actually not something that's administered by Services Australia. This is actually an Australian Taxation Office payment and service. So you need to go to the ATO, Australian Taxation Office website, which is ato.gov.au for more information on this one. To keep everyone safe, Services Australia is encouraging customers to use online and phone services wherever possible. You can do more of your business online using MyGov, including linking with the Australian Taxation Office, Medicare and Centrelink online services. For more information, including guides on how to download and use your MyGov account, go to servicesaustralia.gov.au slash individual slash online help slash MyGov. So, Justin, let's talk about JobSeeker. The actual rate of JobSeeker is unchanged. It's actually the coronavirus supplement that is changing. As I understand it, it's continuing until the 31st of December. That was key to the announcement. And the payments that actually underpin coronavirus supplement, like job seeker payment, youth allowance and parenting payment, are actually not changing. Yeah, that's right, Hank. And it's a common misunderstanding, and unfortunately, it's out there all the time, that the job seeker payment is actually the whole amount that everyone gets right now. So you'll hear them often say that a person's getting job seeker payment of $1,100 per fortnight and that it will change. Well, no. What you get every fortnight is actually two payments. It's the job seeker payment, which is the income and assets means tested payment, and then the coronavirus supplement of $550 a fortnight is paid on top of that, even if you only get a dollar of job seeker. So instead of me getting the normal $565, if I was only getting $120 with a job seeker, then my bank account, in my bank account, I'd be getting $670, which is $120 with a job seeker, plus $550 with a coronavirus supplement. And it's that supplement that is changing, as you said. It's $550 a fortnight now, but from the 25th of September, it's going to go down to $250 a fortnight. And that will continue until the end of December, 31st of December 2020. Of course, there were other changes introduced as well to help reduce the impact of the pandemic. And uh, whilst there are a number of these, let's look at them one at a time. The first one is, of course, suspension of mutual obligations. Mutual obligations are requirements that are tasks and activities that you agree to do while you're getting certain payments from us. They were initially waived when the coronavirus pandemic started. Those mutual obligations, those requirements were stopped, but the government then reintroduced them on the 9th of June as in a form, and then they've changed that when they made another announcement on the 4th of August. So these are the things that we're expected to do if we're receiving those sorts of payments like job seeker payment and youth allowance as a job seeker. Things that I'm expected to do right now. So the first thing is I'm expected to go to an appointment with my employment service provider and agree to a thing called a job plan. Now, when I say go to the appointment, we don't actually physically mean go to their offices. It's not necessarily safe for people to do that right now. So they will have that conversation with you over the phone or online. 
And that job plan is going to have different components to it, different things that I'll be expected to do, like looking for jobs, looking for work, participating in training, doing other activities. But it might not be safe for people to even do some of those things right now. So if you aren't able to meet those requirements because you think it's unsafe, there's no penalties in place at the moment if you don't do that. So if you fail to meet those mutual obligations, there's no penalties right now. One difference to that rule though, one penalty that does still exist is if you refuse a suitable job offer without a reasonable excuse. So if that employment service provider finds an appropriate job for you, something that you could be doing now, and you say no, then that can actually have a penalty. If you don't have a reasonable excuse, a reasonable reason to say no, and you're turning down work, then the government is going to potentially put a penalty on your payment, except for Victoria. That doesn't apply to the entire state of Victoria. There are no penalties for them if they refuse job offers right now. In addition to that, of course, the government has also waived the um, assets test. Um, however, that's being reintroduced from the 25th of September. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So most payments you get from Services Australia are what we call means-tested payments, which means they look at a person's income and a person's assets to determine what their eligibility would be. Now, when they did the changes to job seeker payment, they also waived that assets test. Means that we didn't need to look at how much of the value of the things that you owned was, and the assets test was suspended. And again, this is still the case up until the 25th of September, but from the 25th of September, the assets test is actually being reintroduced. So at the moment, that means that on the 25th of September, if you're a single person who owns their own home and your assets are over $268,000, not including the value of your home, then you actually aren't eligible for job seeker any longer. For a member of a couple who owns their own home, that figure is 401,500. And it's a little bit higher for both of them if you don't own the home that you live in. So about 482,000 for a single person who doesn't own their own home and 616,000 for a couple who doesn't own their own home. So those are the limits that actually say, once you go over these figures, once the assets that you have, not including your home, go over these limits, then you actually aren't eligible for that job seeker payment any longer. But again, I want to re-emphasize, these are only to take effect after the 25th of September. Right now, none of those figures matter. People are eligible for the job seeker payment regardless of what they own at the moment. You can start your claim for job seeker payment up to 13 weeks before your circumstances will change. For more information, visit our website at servicesaustralia.gov.au and search for job seeker payment. You made reference to the fact that the assets test is coming back from the 25th of September. Does this mean that customers will need to now provide us with asset details? And I guess as part of that, some may lose eligibility as well. Yeah, so Services Australia has actually started contacting customers to get their updated assets details. We've been sending out SMS messages to remind people that the assets test is coming back from the 25th of September. And for those people who have their assets details that we need them, they're going to be given a reminder. It's an online task that they'll be able to find through their online account, through their MyGov account. Now, as we said, this asset limit, the figures that we gave, it's an all or nothing test, meaning that if you are under those limits, you get the full rate depending on your income. 
but if you're over those limits, you're not eligible for job seeker at all. So yeah, there is going to be people who will potentially lose eligibility for their job seeker after the 25th of September. And so if you know that's coming, if you know the value of your assets, if you know that you're going to be over the limits for job seeker after the 25th of September, and you want to get yourself prepared for what's going to happen, one of the things you might want to do is get in contact with us and speak to a financial information service officer. So Services Australia has a free and independent financial information service, which you get in contact with by ringing us on the 132300. And they're there, the financial information service officers exist just to help give you information and knowledge so you can understand what's happening and you can understand what options are out there for you. So if you want to speak to one of our officers, give us a call on that 132300 number. And then when you ask for the reason for your call, please say financial information service, and then you get to speak to one of our officers directly. And of course, the other change that's been announced is an increase in what's called the income free area, which basically means that the amount of money a job seeker can earn before it starts to affect the rate of payment has increased. And that's going to take effect from the 25th of September, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So the income free area is the amount that I, as a person receiving job seeker payment, can earn before my job seeker payment starts to reduce, starts to go down. Uh, and right now it's $106 a fortnight and has been $106 a fortnight for a while. From the 25th of September, it's actually going to go up to $300 a fortnight, almost three times as much which just, as you said, means that I am able to earn that much more from a casual job or some other work that I might be doing before my job seeker payment starts to be affected by the income that I'm receiving. Whilst we're on the subject of income and its effect on payments, um, the job seeker payment's also affected by, of course, the partner income, um, but that's also been increased. The amount a partner can earn has been significantly increased, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So when we're looking at a person's job seeker, we're not just looking at their income. We're also looking at what their partner is earning. And their partner has a certain amount of money that they could earn before their income removes my eligibility for job seeker. Now, before the coronavirus came into effect, that limit, that amount a partner could earn, was about $48,000 per annum before my job seeker stopped. When the government introduced the changes, they made that much more generous, and it went from 48,000 to just under 80,000. So it's now around 79,600 per annum, or 3,060 dollars a fortnight, and that's how much my partner could earn before I lose my job seeker. Now, in order for that to happen, again, we've talked about the income-free area for me as a person on payment, but there's also an income-free area for my partner. Now, if my partner is 22 years or over, that income-free area, the amount that they could earn before it affects my job seeker payment at all, is $996 a fortnight. If they're under 22, then it's $944 a fortnight. On the 27th of April, when they introduced the changes, they kept that income-free area in place, but they changed the impact of the money that I could earn afterwards. So in the past, for every dollar that uh, my partner earned over $996 a fortnight, my payment would go down by 60 cents. From April, that went to 25 cents, so much less of an impact. So for every dollar that my partner earned over 9.96, my payment would only go down by 25 cents a dollar. The more they earned, the more I could still get in the way of job seeker, 
until it got to that $79,000 cutoff point we talked about. Now, from September, that amount that the partner could earn is actually going up. So it's going from $996, that income-free area for your partner, it's going from $996 to $1,165 a fortnight. So now a partner can now earn over $500 a week and still not impact on the amount of job seeker that I'm getting. And then the more they earn, then it starts reducing. So realistically, from a perspective, it means that my partner can now earn about $3,080 a fortnight instead of $3,060. So they could earn $3,080 a fortnight from the 25th of September before I lose my eligibility for that job seeker payment. So they can earn a little bit more. Now, with that improvement in the income free area, they could earn just a little bit more and I still keep my job seeker payment. Okay. Now, we also talk about the reintroduction of the liquid assets waiting period, which kicks in from the 25th of September. What does that mean? Okay, so the first thing I want to say is that this is particularly for new people applying for JobSeeker payment. So if you already are on JobSeeker, you don't have to worry about this. This is not a message for you. The liquid assets waiting period is where the government looks at the amount of money that you have in available financial assets, like money in the bank, cash that I might have lying around the house, shares, some managed investments, things like that. Things that I could easily sell, realise, take for cash. And the government actually expects me to use that money first before I can apply for payments. And so the liquid assets waiting period, what it is, is a way of delaying when I can start getting my job seeker payment while I'm expected to use up some of my own resources first. Now, if I'm a single person, what they're going to look at is $5,500, meaning that if I have readily available funds of more than $5,500 as a single person, then it might be a while before I can actually start getting that job seeker payment in my bank account. And as a member of a couple, it's double than that, it's um, $11,000. So again, if those readily available funds are more than $11,000, then it can delay how long I can start getting that job seeker and I'm expected to actually use my resources first before that occurs. Now, the most that I could be waiting is 13 weeks, which is roughly three months, but it's less depending on what liquid assets I have. Now, we still recommend, even if you realise that you've, when you're applying for payments, that you've got this liquid assets waiting period that you're going to be dealing with it, we still recommend that you start the process of applying anyway, because then you'll know exactly when your payments are going to start. So instead of being rushed at the end of an, the liquid assets period and, and going, oh no, you know, I've started the process and I might be missing out on something. If you are serving a liquid assets waiting period, but you get that application in early, then you'll know. If it's not going to be until the 15th of November, then you'll know that you'll get paid from the 15th of November and that the money will start going into your bank account from then. You previously outlined the changes to Job seeker and job keeper, most of which apply from uh, late September. Because of that uh, interaction between the two payments, it is possible that some people in receipt of job keeper will now also qualify for job seeker. And I also understand that if you know that change is looming, you can in fact lodge an application for job seeker payment early. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So it's a common question. Can I get JobSeeker and JobKeeper at the same time? 
And the answer is that, that is absolutely the case that you can. That with the income test and the income free areas and potentially the two rates of JobKeeper, there are definitely people who might know now that come the 29th of September when JobKeeper changes from the 28th, that they are going to be eligible for JobSeeker as well. And those people can start the application early. They can start it up to 13 weeks early, which is, well, we're already within that 13 week window from to the 29th of September. So they could start the application process today, tomorrow. So what you need to do in order for that to happen, you actually need to know the date that your circumstances are going to change. So in this case, it will be in that example, well, I know it's going to change in September when the JobKeeper rate changes. If you start that claim now, we'll have sent you a message 14 days before the date that you told us of the change. So you know it's going to change on the 28th of September. You've told us that it's going to change on that date. Two weeks before then, we're going to send you a message that says that this date is coming up. Can you now complete the application process that you started yeah, now, if you like? It's important to say that you're not going to get paid any sooner if you do this. So we're not going to pay you from now. We are only going to pay you from the date of the change. In that case, again, 28th of September. But what it means is that hopefully we can pay you as soon as possible. Get that money as soon as it possibly can be. Because you've dealt with us beforehand. You've, you know, you've given all the information that we need in the lead up process. So when it actually comes to the 25th of September or 28th of September, no big change is going to happen then. You've done everything. And it's simply a matter of getting that payment through as soon as we can. The easiest way to apply for payments is to claim online. Use your Centrelink account through MyGov to apply. The Services Australia website has easy to understand guides to help you. Justin, thank you for all of that information. If you found this podcast helpful, you might want to look at our earlier podcasts where we've covered a range of topics like the early release of superannuation, older Australians and JobKeeper payment, and family payments and balancing. If you want to check out these other podcasts, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts or from Services Australia at mediahub, one word, dot servicesaustralia.gov.au. Please note, the information discussed in this episode is current at the time of recording. To keep up to date with all of the latest news about our payments and services, visit our website at servicesaustralia.gov.au or follow Services Australia on Facebook. I'm Hank Jongen. Until next time, goodbye for now. You've been listening to a podcast from Services Australia. For more information, visit servicesaustralia.gov.au. Thank you.